You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I was just having a discussion with this beautiful, blonde, blue-eyed actor that I represent. She said, eh, it's not a really great time to be a beautiful, blonde, blue-eyed person, is it? Hello, and welcome back to part two of my conversation with Terry Dollar. In the previous episode, we focused on STAR, her program working with special needs theater artists in Raleigh. Now, normally, this would be another final five episode where I go through those same five questions that I'm asking each guest this season. However, after our conversation about her work with special needs actors, I had a lot more questions about the other works that she does. So today we get into her time as a talent agent, where she talks about what she looks for in actors that she represents, as well as how she works to open up casting opportunities with all of her clients, including a couple of the star actors who are on her roster. We then discuss her work with Artsplosure, which is this huge arts festival she runs every year in Raleigh that is completely free and open to the public and, and a huge success each year. All in all, Terry is one busy lady, and she is certainly someone who doesn't know the meaning of the word quit, nor is she one to just sit back and let things come as they will. She knows what she wants, and she goes and gets it. And I know that whenever I grow up, I want to be more like Terry Dollar. (laughs) And I'm sure after listening to the rest of our conversation, you're probably going to feel the same way, too. So, Terry, you had talked about the many things, the many pots that you have going, and one of those was was the talent agent, and yes. uh, you had about four hundred yeah, on your I roster. About four hundred actors here. And so, is is that uh, within North Carolina or abroad? Um, they're kind of all over, but mostly in North Carolina, mostly in the Southeast. Yeah, I mean, we have kids that are working, like I represent. Uh, Lachlan Watson, who's on Sabrina. And so that's in Vancouver. But, you know, we have actors that are working in various places. And Alphonse Nicholson, who's in New York, and people like that, that we have represented since they were tiny kids, and they've just stayed with us. But, um, yeah, we do. I didn't start the agency. I actually took over the agency from the first agent in North Carolina when Dino De Laurentiis built built a studio here, and the Finn Cannons were casting. They said, uh, Dino said, well, we've got to have uh, we've got to have an agent so we can get find these actors. Who would know? And that wasn't me. It was this other actor. Her name was Boots, 
Bruner, and she was a choreographer mostly, and she did all the dinner theater circuits, so okay. she knew all the actors, I mean, the ones that at least claimed to be actors, because they were in dinner theater, so so she was the first agent, and when she retired, I had been, you know, because I, I had um, young children, and I'd been helping her, like, technology was changing as she was an agent, because, you know, like the old days when we used to get on the phone, and we'd pitch an actor to a casting director, and then they would, you know, say, send them, I'll mail you the sides, you know, then, right, yeah. then they faxed us the sides, and so videotaping was coming, and I was kind of in the forefront of that, because I had little kids, and I was videotaping them, I'm talking the big camcorder oh, with, I did, on yeah, the shoulder. Yeah, yeah, on the shoulder, yeah. <laughs> so we had opportunities to audition for things that were big, but we'd have to tape it. And I could tape and she didn't know anything about it. So I was, you know, I was, I was represented by her myself and my kids were. So I would tape her actors for her. And um, so when she retired, I really only wanted to do the kids. I thought North Carolina really needs like a kid's agent. Right. So I started and we started out as, she was Actors Unlimited. I changed it to Kids Unlimited. And I was very lucky that I got to ride her coattails all the way in because she had an established, she was an amazing agent. And I got to, you know, people already knew me. Casting already knew me because I'd been doing her business while she was sick. And so we worked Kids Unlimited for a number of years. And then it seemed kind of stupid at 18 to hand over this actor that I had been, you know, holding their hand and booking major things to some other agency to say, you know, now you've graduated, move on and make some real money in your life with this agent. That seems stupid. So we started keeping them. Right. And then there was an actor, his name is Estes Tarver, who was our first adult. He was now taping actors and he came to me and he said, I want you to represent me. And I said, Estes, I represent kids. He said, I don't care what you call yourself. I've seen what your kids are doing and I want a piece of that. And I right, want you to right. I want to work as much as they are. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, okay, all right, we'll represent you. So you looked at my roster and it was like beautiful little kid cute girl little girl with pigtails and then there was this man so you know he was our first and he was very successful so we started taking other adults and so now we're about 30 percent adults and 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 the rest are young people under 18. And, and how many of those adults have are the ones who a lot grown up well and, and the thing about it is too there are more there's more parts on general basis i'm talking like day players or guest stars or those kinds of roles there's more there's more of those for for adults than there right. are for kids so and so a lot of them are folks that we have just kept all these years but then others are those that have come to us i mean i go to a lot of theater shows uh, believe me i was eyeballing that teacher from ravenscroft last night i was thinking he's pretty good i wonder if he has an agent so there you go i mean i go to a lot of shows and i'm i can be that snake puppy after the show to say, do you have an agent? Right. Here's my card. You know, I hate to do that. Usually I'll just find somebody I know in the show and say, give them a good word for me, would you? So, um, but I, you know, I do, I do go, I, I, I find actors in the right places, I think. And, um, and, and what is it about an actor that, that kind of piques your interest or, or sets you going? I mean, usually it's a type. Usually I'll say, ooh, you know, and I have a partner, Julie Travis, because I could not do all the stuff that I do without somebody that can pick up where I leave off because mm-hmm. I have a lot of stuff going on. But uh, we'll see somebody and I'll say, ooh, we really don't have very many, say, Asian actors or we don't really, you know, we want to have everything. Like if a casting director is saying I need an 85-year-old African-American woman, we want to have her. We don't want to say, oh, we don't really represent anybody like that. So, you know, if I find a fantastic actor that I think is a certain type, then I'm all over the moon. Then I'll find an actor who can do just about anything and I'll say, good God. I mean, we started representing Jesse Gephardt. I don't know if you know him, but he's an amazing, very, very talented actor from here. And, um, He's, so far, he's just done theater. He hasn't done anything filmed yet. But I've seen him, and I, I mean, you're, he's like a chameleon. I think he's fantastic. So mm. we're looking for t- talent, but we're also looking for the ability to make it happen. 
because I can find an amazing actor and they can say, well, you know, I work as an emergency room nurse and I'm, you know, I still want to do this. And I'm going, what are you going to do when you get cast for a week? Can you leave your job for a week? Can you? Because I don't want to have somebody fall in love with you and you're never available. So, and I'm, I'm always skeptical of theater actors for that very reason. And I was just talking, I just started representing David Henderson, who did the show right before this one, or maybe two shows before this one at Theater Raleigh. But anyway, he, um, I said, don't tell me you're going to be doing plays all the time because you'll never be available to me. So I need to know. And he said, no, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. So I was like, okay, I need to know. So do you do mostly on camera? Yeah, we do some theater. We've had kids do theater. We've, we had a kid in The King and I. We've had, I mean, Alphonse does a ton of theater, but, um, that's in New York where you can actually, I mean, here, not too many actors, local actors in local productions. It's either free or, you know, if it's a volunteer gig at the community theater, I can't take a commission off right. of something that there's no money made. So, um, so yeah, but we do, we do find, but, but I see, I usually find new actors through theater though, yeah, uh, because that's my background and I know, Hey, I already know if it's a, if it's a, if it's a kid that has done a bunch of theater, I already know you're going to get it. You'll get right, it. Right, right. They at least have the foundation there because it's a different skill set on camera, but it's one that can be... Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that can be Absolutely. taken there. So, you know, talent is one thing, but a willingness. And for a kid actor, you know, do you have a parent who can make this happen? Right, right. Then it's about getting to the audition, yeah. getting to the production, getting to the... Yeah. Right, right. I mean, you do you have a job that you can take off? What if he gets cast as, you know, working the show for three weeks? Can you Can you stop your job and go be with him on set for three weeks? So, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah you have to take, take yeah. that in consideration. The technology has changed, and that's been one of the beautiful things. I mean, even when I was an actor, we might tape sometimes, or we would tape, and then you would have callbacks in person. But now almost everything first round is tape. Right. But North Carolina was kind of ahead of that because we weren't L.A. or New York. So we were sending tapes to L.A. and New York 25 years ago. I was rushing off with this VHS tape to get it in FedEx by <laughs> 9 o'clock so it would be there the next morning. It's just so nice how we can instantly right, say, Right, now you can just email it. it. Yeah. I mean, we even do Skype callbacks now. And, oh, right, and Sometimes yeah. we have the director online, and he can be direct, you know, redirecting an actor. They can make those adjustments. Then we film that. So it's wonderful. And I tell actors all the time, don't whine to me about having to drive to a callback. Do you know how many times I, as an actor, would drive to an audition? I would say my two lines. I was in there at least three minutes, and they would say, thank you. And they knew the minute I walked in, ah, she's, you know, she's not this. She's not that. She's too fat. She's too skinny. She's I've too been there. Yeah. Yeah. As so, soon as you walk in, you're like, oh, I'm not really right for this. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. You know it. So, yeah. And you know. And so I'm like, and you didn't have to waste. Well, you wasted an hour to tape this, so cry me a river. You know, I'm not feeling sorry for you. But, you know, it's it's very, it's rewarding. Uh, I actually represent two of my star kids are actually actors with me, too. So well, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Because there there's, there's a need, and one of them has actually booked a movie already. So, that's wonderful. Yeah, uh, the world is becoming a lot more accepting of those that mm-hmm. aren't, you know, well, I, th- I think I think writers, producers, directors, they're wanting to tell more stories. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we're in an era now of entertainment where we want a, a diversity, not only looking wise, you know, that's that's in front of the camera or on the stage, but we want the stories that are told to be mm-hmm. so diverse and people and lives that we don't often hear about. Yeah, I see a conscious effort on casting right now. Like I was just having a discussion with this beautiful blonde, blue-eyed actor that I represent. She said, eh, it's not a really great time to be a beautiful, blonde, blue-eyed person, is it? Because I said, honestly, I am seeing a lot of casting requests for they'll say anything but, say, Caucasian, you know, woman or whatever. And uh, I'm hopeful. I mean, I see the conscious effort, and I get it, because it's going to be this mindset for generations to come that 
you know, families are all colors and, and people, you know, it doesn't, we don't all have to look alike. It's not in this, you know, we don't all live in that world, but I'm hopeful that in the same way, and we actually reach out, like sometimes if they'll say, this is a Starbucks coffee person, I'll say, would you consider a guy with Down syndrome for this part? And and, and several times they were like, yeah, I think we would. So I'm hopeful that that subconscious thing also starts carrying over to right, people that you can with be a disabilities. Part of that too, to because open they their are. Eyes. They're part of who we are and they're part of where we live. And I'm hoping that in addition to, you know, you know, seeing that the world is a multicolored world, that it's also, you know, multi-ability, multi, mm-hmm. you know, so that people start looking at those people differently because it changes people's minds. Well, as much as you're you're busy with your talent agency and the star program, but then Art Explosion <laughs> is kind of is. Would you say that's the biggest thing that you do? Or um, at least it depends the... on the time of year. Yeah, <laughs> right. near the festival, it is the biggest time. But yeah, right. I plan festivals. Um, we do two major festivals a year. One is a first night Raleigh, which is big New Year's Eve festival we do in downtown Raleigh, and then the other one is Art Explosion, and it's a big spring. It's been going on for forty years. Uh, Twenty one years of it, I program so. I've been doing it over half the years, but um, it's wonderful because my worlds collide a lot with that. Like we had a whole stage last year of, uh, uh, well, not a whole stage, but a whole time slot on a stage that was all people from my talent agency. I thought, why not? We want kids performing for kids. I know where the most talented kids are. I'll right. just bring You've mine out them. there. I mean, it's not like <laughs> no one cares. This is just for the, they're not getting paid. I, you know, I'm not taking anything away from anybody that I would give to anyone else. But, and then I've told you that my star kids come and they volunteer and they perform too. They've actually... One year we did a puppet show that we actually did for for first night, but um, yes, it is it is uh, truly out. Um, we like we like to say that arts pleasure is kind of like a uh, arts to the people kind of place because we're purely about the arts here. Uh, we're not a we're not a community. We are a community festival, but we bring the community together through the arts. So when you come to one of our festivals. You, you won't see things that you might see. Like, I, I abhor, like, bouncy castles, even though my two-year-old grandson loves them. Right. You'll see those, and they're, they're fine for a community festival, but what's art, what is artistic about that? Nothing that I can think of. So, uh, we try to make sure that everything that we do has some art value, and, and, and um, and it's been, you know, oh my God, just amazingly rewarding for me, uh, cause I've actually presented people like uh, like the band, I'll give one example, Lake Street Dive, who an agent pitched them to me. No one had ever heard of them before. I looked and there was this YouTube of them doing this Michael Jackson song and I thought, oh, they're pretty good. And I think I paid like $1,200 or something for them and then they're a big deal now. Yeah. Same thing with like uh, Esperanza Spalding, for example, jazz musician who won Best New Artist like three years ago over all genres of music and she's a jazz performer and we same thing i hired her she was out in the park and people were like who's that girl with the big hair playing the bass upright bass and i was like i found her she's with a good agent i think she's good don't you and they were like heck yeah she's good so you know i've had a, i've had the i've had the wonderful opportunity to help launch some careers not just me but it's been right. fun when you had somebody like that and then they're famous yeah, now. yeah well, you can kind of see it before they hit it big yeah. and be a part of that and, journey and we've been able to uh, just before you came today we had a and uh, there's a girl whose name is Dare Coulter, who is, I can't even tell you how amazing she is, but she is an artist. She graduated from the North Carolina State School of Design. And we even when she was still in 
school, and it also crosses over. You see that that Willy Wonka sign? I think that's this chocolate factory over there. So she did. She she loved. She <laughs> she also does stuff with my star class too. My worlds are really intertwined. Oh, but, <laughs> I, I'm noticing that. Yeah, she yeah. Just, that's murals. She just did this gigantic mural in Greensboro about black cowboys. It's fantastic. I can't even tell you. But um, so. I like to think that we've helped her because, you know, we were one of the first people that hired her to do a mural. I just loved her and thought her work was spectacular and she was inexpensive. And mm-hmm. we have to do a lot here with not a ton of money. Of course. Yeah. Because so, we're a nonprofit and we don't, I mean, First Night has tickets for the indoor things, but everything else is free. So how do you do a free festival and keep it high quality and, you know, and still make it all happen. So, right, right. And not you know, lose your shirt yeah. in the process. <laughs> so, and, you yeah. know, still be able to make a salary too. So, you know, we, I've, I've been able to help, you know, along with everybody else who works here. I don't do this alone. We have a full office of hardworking people, but I'm the program director. So really kind of helping, you know, launch their careers and hopefully, you know, because exp- part of arts closure is when it was designed, it was supposed to expose people to the arts, but it was also supposed to give uh, lesser known artists more exposure yeah. so that they could um, so it's know, helping both the community and the artists come together right. so that they can get you know be seen right. and get to know each other and I've seen you know because we are free I mean I've seen I can present like Terrence Blanchard or somebody that's won a Grammy on a stage and I know how fantastic it is and I our audience like at Arts Pleasure will be there'll be a couple of you know really big jazz music snobs over here and then there'll be like some music students over here there'll be a homeless guy over here who looks like he's had too much to drink and then there'll be like some little kid that lives in the downtown neighborhood who's just wandering off and I'll never forget this little kid came up to me and he said how do you get to do that he asked me that Hmm. question and I said well why don't you ask him? You want to meet him when he's all finished? Why don't you ask him how he got to do that? And he said, for real? I said, yeah, I work here. I can get you back there. So I said, Terrence, this guy wants to know how you got to do this. And he said, well, I picked up a horn and I started blowing, but I took some lessons along the way. He said, you play anything? He says, my mother wants me to play in the band. He said, do you like music? He said, yeah, but I want to play like that. He said, well, it takes a lot of practice. It was just, it was wonderful. And I thought, you know, this is a moment that we yeah. can, that we can, that I can do. And, um, I, there are people that, you know, if you are, if you are a music lover, then you're going to buy tickets to a concert or you're going to go to the symphony or whatever. But I just feel like there are just people out there who are music lovers, but they don't know it yet. And so I see that. I'll see people walking through the park or whatever. And they'll go, what's that? Huh? He's pretty good. Is he from around here? I'm like, no. Um, or sometimes yes, but, um, you know, it's that we have what we call an uninclined audience a lot of times that they're, they don't know. We, we have to show them what they ought to want to see or right, ought to right. want to hear. If, you know, somebody said that to me once and it, well, I didn't make this up, but they said, your job as a, as a, the person that books this festival is to present people, present musicians that people ought to want to hear if they had any taste. And I said, Okay. All right. So I'm the you know the, the moderator of taste here. Okay? Right. Yeah. But you know, and it's not me. I usually just I ask a million people. You know, what do you think? Well, who have you seen? I have a. I actually introduced my daughter to her husband through this because I have a friend who's a record promoter in the UK, and she is just like this. I mean, super hip girl and she much younger than I, but she and I have gotten to be really good friends because I go to Canada a lot to conferences because. They have Canada's very generous with bringing American presenters there to 
here are their musicians and I just like to go and I go. So I, I, she and I had both been there on a few of them and I asked her because she goes to every festival in the UK in the summer, every festival. She's just a mad woman like that. And I said, Lizzie, who have you seen this year that you think is good? And always she tells me somebody, she'll say they're American. How can you not know this band? And I'm like, I, there's so many. Yeah, there's thousands, tens of thousands. To, it's hard to keep track of who comes out each year. Yeah. So she told me about this one guy this year. And I'd already hired like two or three of the people. She told me about Marty O'Reilly. And uh, I said, oh, okay, I'll look him up. So I looked him up. I liked him. I contacted him. He didn't even have an agent at that point, And I hired him, and he came and played my festival. Great. I liked him so much that I brought him back for another festival. And so at the second festival, my daughter was living at home. She'd moved home from New York, and she was volunteering at the festival. And I introduced them backstage. I said, hey, Carolyn, here's Marty. And, you know, right away, it was like, oh, my God, what did I just do? Because I saw it. It was like, <laughs> it's it was like, like matchmaker. It was like if there was a bolt of lightning mm-hmm. that could have, and you know, it really, and they'll tell you there was love at first sight for the two of them. And so, you know, a few years later, now they're married, and I told that story at their wedding. I mean, talk about worlds colliding, right? It really right? was. Your, your business and your personal life. <laughs> it was bizarre, you know, I and I was totally, I mean, a million times I've tried to fix my daughters up with people that I liked, and I've learned my lesson. It's a kiss right, of death. Right, yeah. It's a kiss of death. As if soon you, as mom wants it, then she does it. Yeah, yeah, it's like, uh, if mom likes this person, but I didn't say I liked him. I just introduced them. And then it was like, okay, the rest is history because they're married yeah. now and they live in, in um, California. But at the same time, you know, I, um, a lot of wonderful, Arsplosure is a wonderful organization and we're very beloved by the city and the city feels that they kind of own this festival. I mean, it's like theirs and they're very critical. I, there's quite often somebody will say, I don't care for that band. And I'll say, Oh, would you like me to refund your ticket? Because you know, they didn't pay anything. It's a free, free concert. I'm like, maybe you'll like the next one. Okay. Right. So, but they, they take ownership in this and, and it's a great feeling, but it's also a visual art festival. We have about 170 juried visual artists that come and unlike the other, we're the only festival in Raleigh that does the jurying thing where, you know, they're selected and it's competitive and very competitive. And so to be in the show, you are of high quality, interesting, fun art. So when people come, they know they can shop and find things you can't find, you know, anywhere. And so it's always, it's just a great experience. And we do a lot of like large scale interactive things that other presenters are a little bit afraid to take the risk to do because they have to sell the ticket for it or whatever, but we don't. And, um, mm-hmm. And it's great because we can take some risks with what we do. We can throw it out there. Like this past year, we presented this sculpture. Uh, there's an artist from Australia. Her name's Amanda Parr. And she does these gigantic inflatable white sculptures. People have seen the bunnies. And this was just the one that she, the one that, the one that we brought. We could only afford one, but we brought one. He was like three stories high. And he's just a gigantic crouching man. And it's called What's That is what it's called. So it looks like he's like looking down, but he's gigantic. And Mm so, you know, the scope is great. And so we were going to put it on City Plaza and we knew that would be very art splosure-y to have him there. So we wanted to do that. And then we thought, what can we do so that it's just not him just stuck out there and people taking selfies in front of him all day long? What can we do? So we, uh, we we got this gigantic dance floor, black and white, which I thought would go with him and make make him stand out and then we programmed it with all kinds of things we programmed it we had star class performed a number on it a dance number we had a yoga class on it we had a jazz band perform on it we did all kinds of different things just to you know in enliven the space and around him and all that but other groups probably wouldn't do that they would say 
how do we get a return on this? It's great finding good that you're putting this out there, but you know, how do we, how do we do that? But we like to think that, you know, this is just one great weekend of art that people can just come and hang mm-hmm. out. And I don't want parents to be nickeled and dimed when they come. I want everything to stay free. Right. So they can come. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter who you are. Everybody's So welcome. it can truly be enjoyed by everyone. Yeah. Because yeah. the whole concept that art is for all people is, you know, it's, it's a very current one, but we like to, we kind of live, breathe, and preach it all day long. Absolutely. Well, it, it certainly seems like that not only with this festival, but in your life, you, you think outside the box with all the different, I try. <laughs> with all I the try. different things not you always. have going on. Not and it's been I such try. a pleasure for you to Thank share you. that. Thank on the you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Terry. When it comes to the entertainment industry, Terry is someone who certainly wears a lot of hats. And there's a lot for all of us to learn from the stories and the insights and the experiences that she has had. And if there's something that stood out to you, something that maybe it it triggered a thought, I would love to talk with you about that. I would love to hear what you have to think about my conversation with Terry. Feel free to reach out to me via the website, winmepodcast.com. There you can click on the contact button. Email is certainly very good. And the voicemail feature is also great because you can leave me a 90-second message that I can then play on an upcoming episode where I can address and answer your questions and thoughts that you have. Which brings me to next week's episode. This will be a bite-sized episode in which I will talk about some of the things that have been happening here on the ship, talking about Footloose, and we just opened the show a few days ago. I can talk about the whole install process, and that's what it's called here. And basically, we're replacing the previous cast that was on here. It has been quite the process, and you will hear all about that next week. I'll even be bringing on one of my fellow actors to share their thoughts and what they've been through as well, and we'll kind of be chit-chatting back and forth about that. In the meantime... Just a little note about life here aboard the ship. Internet is something that has become a a must-have in all of our lives, and that doesn't go away on the ship. However, on land, Wi-Fi is easily accessible. Out in the open water where there's no land around you for hundreds of miles, it can be a little difficult to trust on one single satellite signal in hopes of getting some internet and uploading episodes, reaching out via social media. It can be some lag time. There can be a couple of days in there, but please keep sending me those emails, reach out to me, leave those comments on social media, and I will be responding to them. So I appreciate your patience as I'm kind of out in the middle of nowhere a lot of the times. Until next time, I'm Patrick Oliver-Jones reminding you that the reasons for not making it may be countless and arbitrary, but the reasons to keep on going are far more numerous and rewarding. I'll see you next time on Why I'll Never Make It.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.